ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back. Another episode inside the studio alone for me, but don't worry, as always, I have my team calling in through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone. Today, it's just Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. A little tired. Had a little late, late night last night, but can't complain now. So, yeah. It was busy. You were streaming. It was. It was. Uh, Irfan could not join us. He did have a family emergency, so our thoughts are with him and his family, making sure everyone's okay there. Um, we do miss him, obviously. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard doing these shows without him, but family always comes first in our, in our team. Absolutely. So let's get into sports, and we will start it off with our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at canadakickingacademy.com and follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. So, Kyle, this week, we crowned yet another champion. First, it was Tampa. Then it was the Lakers. And now, LA gets two titles. The Dodgers are your 2020 MLB World Series champions. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts about that one? Um, to be honest, I think I think the better team won. I think Tampa had a chance, and... Um, all these analytics that they, they put into the game kind of ruined that spot. I personally would not, not have taken Blake Snell out of that game because he was absolutely dominating. And uh, Nick Anderson has been, well, I guess was now, was god-awful in the playoffs. So to me, that just didn't make sense. But that's why I'm not the analytics guy. Um, I'm the analytics guy, and I wouldn't have taken him out. Yeah. There's, I think the biggest issue is that, that a lot of people are having, and I've had this conversation like six times this week with all of the different professors and all my classmates and everything. Um, and the biggest thing is that everyone old school is like, well, you got to use the eye test. You got to use the eye test. And it's like, that's true. I, I think in game, it has to come down to what you're seeing happening at that moment. When you're building a team, analytics is so important. When you're putting a roster together, analytics is so important. For sure. That's why, like, you watch the Moneyball movie, right? And you see that putting together that team, they use the analytics really well. But that manager wasn't an analytical manager. So he still used the eye test for most of the season. Yeah. He wasn't pulling players in random times. He wasn't – like, it doesn't make sense. It it worked in combination at that point. Right. That's what you need. You need to have a manager who understands the game really, really well. And you need to have players who buy into the analytical build, but you still need to play the game. Yeah. You can't be you can't be relying on random numbers. And yes, I know what the numbers are for Blake Snell. 
In the first four innings of a game, he was holding opponents to a 167 ERA. After that, it ballooned to 1246. I get that. That's an astounding number. But that's after the fourth. Mm -hmm. This was in the sixth, and he still was pitching amazing at that point. 73 pitches or something. 73 pitches, five and a third, nine strikeouts. And he gave up a a single to Barnes? Yeah. Yeah, he gave up a single, and then they had the top of the lineup going up. To me, I want my best pitcher pitching then, and in that game, it was Blake Snell. Well, you also have to you also have to think you're bringing a reliever in with a man on, so he now has to pitch from the stretch right out of it against probably the most dangerous top of the lineup in the entire MLB. Yep. You have it. What is it? Betts. Bellinger, uh, Betts, Seager, Turner is how they were running. Betts, Seager, no. Turner, and then Bellinger, right? No, Bellinger was hitting like sixth. Was he? Okay, whatever. Yeah. Like, Betts, Seager, Turner is stupid good for one, two, three. Yeah. And then and what was it, Muncie then? Because Muncie, uh, was, Muncie was near the top, wasn't he? Muncie, Smith, I believe, or yeah. vice versa. Like, that's a dangerous top of the lineup. You really want to bring a reliever in who's been thrown in the pen. Mm-hmm. Come Make him pitch out of the stretch right away. With a man on, who he then threw a wild pitch to after giving the double to Mookie Betts. Yeah. Like, that's – I don't really know if that's fair to Nick Anderson to, to put him in that kind of situation in a game that you need to win. Yeah, like, I, I don't think it's it, – it, 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 I guess in a way it is fair because that's literally his job is to – No, but you know what I mean? Like, the like, way the way Snell was pitching and yeah. the fact that you're bringing him in in a high-leverage situation, like, that – that's sort of not really fair to Nick Anderson to blame the whole thing on him, right? Like no, that's... no, this is on Kevin Cash. This is on Kevin Cash. As, as a former major league catcher, he should know better. Okay, but he... is it on Cash or is it on the organization for making Cash make the decision? It's on Cash. Cash comes down to game time decisions. It's Cash's decision. I know, but maybe, 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 upper, yeah, maybe upper management was saying, hey, use your, use your analytics, but it's Cash's ultimate decision because he's the one who has to yank Snow. And yeah. And this, I guess is, this is this is all on him. It is, it, the association may be a sliver of the blame because that's how they were running it. Yeah. But this is all on Cash's decision to take him out. And and to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if Blake Snell really doesn't want to play for Kevin Cash anymore. Because um, he said to, everything right he, after the game. He, he really and did. And you, I think, you have to. But you know what? I do believe that Snell likes Cash. Like from everything that we've seen over the last couple years because he's been there for six years now uh kevin cash i i truly do believe blake snell believes kevin cash is a good manager so i'm not that's not really a concern for me i think blake snell will be having a conversation or already has had that conversation with cash and be like why why you got to do that to me man like i was pitching i was i was playing really well probably the best outing he had in the playoffs I, I, to me, I think the conversation. I think the conversation is going to be more like you do that to me again, and I'm getting, I'm getting my ass out of Tampa Bay. I, well, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think because because you think about it, like yes, Tampa is a good team, but with that, with the playoffs and everything like that, will they have another run to the to the final? Who knows, right? You don't know, and like obviously they're an analytically built team. We know that, right? Like they have they have the pieces, and I think that was the biggest thing going into this. World Series, right? It was, it was the team of the high money, 
best bought player sort of thing in the Dodgers versus the team of analytic darlings who uh, it was do Moneyball 2.0. It was Moneyball 2.0. Yeah. But I just think that if they can if they can keep most of those players, like a Rosarena is gonna get paid. Someone is going to pay up the butt for him. The, the biggest thing is he's got to continue it. He can't just be a, a one I agree. And done, but, right? but you he know has, how he hasn't proven anything yet. But you know how playoffs. it works. Of course. You know how it works, Kyle. The guy just set multiple MLB postseason records. Yeah. His name is going to be flying in free Is he a free agent right now? Uh, I think he is. I know his contract's up. I don't know if he's like a full free agent or if it's like the team still has control. But right. Uh, it's just – it amazes me to see like – that decision, how divided it was. One of my classes is we, we, we talked about the decision for an hour and a half. Didn't actually get to our class until an hour and a half into an 8.30 class. By the way, they're making a biopic about Randy Rosarena, by the way. Yeah, it actually does have a good story. So that's not mm-hmm. a, it's not a surprise. But, hey, you got to capitalize on uh, capitalize on stories, man. Of course. <laughs> Hollywood knows. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, getting back to what we were talking about originally. Congratulations to the Dodgers winning the championship. Oh, absolutely. They, they, they definitely deserved it. They, they played everything right. Um, I think Urias took a huge step forward in this playoffs. He looked um, so good. Looked, both looked both as a starter and a reliever. Like Ker- Kershaw finally looked good in the playoffs again. Obviously set, set the record for strikeouts. Okay. I have a question for you after that. Continue. Yeah. Uh, obviously set the right record for strikeouts in a postseason now, passing Verlander. Um he looked good. Bueller looked pretty much lights out. Like so, their their pitching was there, and then obviously Mookie Betts, which apparently some people are saying that he's the better player than Mike Trout right now, which I do not agree with. But but he's uh, two. Like he's one hundred percent. He's he's two. He's two. That's yeah. it's he he showed why the smart move was to go out and get him in the offseason. Yeah, he showed he showed he was worth it, and now Boston fans are hitting themselves in the face because oh, they like, were doing that. The, if you looked at the yeah. trade at the time, they were doing that. Oh, for sure. And it, it was like, they're, they're looking at themselves now. They're like, do I really want Verdugo or do, would I rather Mookie Betts in my lineup? Well, they no, but at the time they wanted Mookie Betts in the lineup. The problem was no, Mookie no, didn't no. want to be there anymore. Well, it was, no, it wasn't. It was the it was fact both. that it was both. It was, it was the one that he wanted to be a Red Sox but he didn't, but he wanted money, but they didn't want to pay him the actual money. Yeah. And it was just, it was really weird. And it was, I don't know. I, as a Red Sox fan, I'd be hating myself even more right now. Yes, they hate themselves originally, but I'd be hating it even more because that's a championship that just got brought to the Dodgers who are essentially their kind of mortal enemy across in the NL, I guess. Their they're mortal enemy are the Yankees. But... Well, no, in, in the NL. Yeah, well, I know. Which, I, I got that after. <laughs> so, I mean, that Dodgers... The Dodgers fleeced the Red Sox on that. Like, as good as Alex Verdugo might be, it won't ever compare to what Mookie Betts is, in my opinion. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, my question about Kershaw for you, because yeah. he obviously showed how good he is in the playoffs. Do you think the the few years where Houston was, quote, cheating and the Red Sox were possibly cheating in the playoffs and the two World Series that they were in that he struggled in? Yep. We're now seeing, like, they were they were not playing – hundred percent above the line those two teams is that maybe if that obviously affected his numbers don't you think 
So we, we always see him as a playoff bust. But if you actually look at the numbers, I think if you take those games out against Houston and Boston in those two seasons, I think the numbers aren't actually that bad. Um, potentially. Um, I think that he was definitely a lot worse when he's going through the NL as well. I don't think it was just in the World Series where he faltered. Um, I believe it was uh, during like just the whole playoffs itself. He just couldn't get out of the games, couldn't get past like the third or fourth inning. Um, gave up, you know, four or five runs. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what the, the what the stats are and how they're skewed comparatively. But um, I believe he he kind of got the monkey off his back either way, um, and just truly pitched like you know, the dominant pitcher that we always thought he was. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, we knew he was, we were just yeah. waiting for him to truly show it on the, on the highest stage. Right. So, yeah. Um, the big question I think comes out of this year across all the sports and we've heard it many times. Does this title deserve an asterisk? My opinion? Yes. Okay. Why? it's a third of the season and it's an expanded playoffs and everybody's saying, Oh, and it's an expanded playoffs, So it's more difficult. No, it's really not. Yes. More things can happen, but the top teams weren't playing those teams that were added in anyways. It was essentially a regular playoffs for those top teams. Well, they would have played one extra round. Like, I I guess, but like, other than that, like it was just this year was so weird. The playoffs were different. Um, and I, I think you kind of, sh- I think it kind of showed how fresh the players were in the in the playoffs. Um, you didn't really have any of the breakdowns of pilot players. You didn't really have like, yes, you had some injuries and stuff like that, but you didn't really have anything like, you know, pitchers weren't up to speed. They weren't having, you know, all their juice. They weren't having everything there. Like, you looked at Urias. He was throwing 98, 97, like throwing full full heat, and it was as if his arm was as fresh as you know, a game in May. It's like, so does it's that, just... does that make these playoffs harder because these pitchers, and I, I think I said it before the playoffs is that the pitchers are going to be in mid season form, not, not end of season where they're tired, not preseason where they're not ready. They are mid season form. This is like all-star break form for a lot of the players. Does that make this playoffs that much harder for not only the pitchers because that batters are at mid season form, but the batters because the pitchers are in mid season form. I don't, I don't think so to be honest. Cause I think, I think the batters don't have a full season of, of injuries or swings or whatever under their belt as well. And, and that's what kinda, I'm saying. I think it goes both ways. Yeah. And you kind of saw that in the playoffs this year because it wasn't really a pitcher's playoff. No, it was, it was, it was a runs playoff is what it was. It was, it was the first to skip four or five and let's see if we can win that game from there. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of high scoring games comparatively. Um, I think most majority of the over-unders were like seven, seven and a half. And for the most part, they pretty much hit all the time, especially in the World Series. Um, so so I, I think it was one of those ones where it's, it was just the battle of the best between the, you know, the pitchers and the batters both being fresh and coming off, you know, obviously essentially like a spring training and a April, March, essentially schedule, I guess, is what you can compare it to. April, um, May, yeah. Well, I guess end of March, yeah. They've started in March now, I guess. But Yeah, like um, last week of March. Yeah, April, March, May. April, May. So it's like a, essentially like a two-month season compared to having June, July, August, September before you actually go into playoffs. So it's 
three or four months less of, you know, getting beaten down, getting bruised, getting injuries, you know, you know yep. pulls, tears, whatever it may be. Right. It's just, it, it wasn't the same MLB, MLB season. And I think there's a lot of like ex MLB players that are going to be like, I don't know if I count this because you just didn't go through the same thing that I went through. Right. I get you, look that. At, you look at Rivera who, who came out and said, anybody who wins doesn't count. And in, in a way, I believe him. I don't want to take this championship away from the Dodgers, but I just find it, I kind of find it funny slash interesting. The fact that they had to win their first championship, like since they've been like the, the top team in a shortened season. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of I mean, found like, that it, it's just like ironic, right? Cause everybody yeah. says they're the best team, but they can't get it done. And all of a sudden they get it done in a shortened season. And there's going to be some people that just don't count it. Right. So it's no, I get what you're saying. But like, that aspect. I think if you look at it, like the Dodgers were the best team this year in MLB, mm-hmm. right. And going into the season, they were ranked as the best team going into MLB, maybe second. Cause a lot of people ranked the Yankees really, really high this year. Um, and then the Yankees had all the pitching problems and all that fun and all the injuries. Um, but the Dodgers were the best team this year and the Dodgers were probably the best team last year too. Right. Going into the playoffs. Yeah. It kind of, it's funny that they did it on the shortened season. I'll agree with you on that, but I, I, you, I don't think you can take this win away from the Dodgers. If you put an asterisk beside it, just to like denote that it was a shortened season. Fine. I think it, I think it still has to count. And that's what I've been saying about all the all the sports. Like this was a absolutely god awful year. Yeah. Right. And you could put an asterisk beside all of them, but it doesn't change the fact that they had to go through this just like everyone else in the world, and figure out a way to put a season on, and figure out a way to put postseason on, and make sure that they got it through. So, yes, it is, and it might have an asterisk beside it. Yeah. It doesn't take anything away from the Dodgers, in my opinion, personally, or the, the Lightning or the Lakers in the NHL and NBA. Right. I think everyone's not going to have any problems with the NFL because they're playing a full season. But even that, to me, like, it's still a it's still a weird year. Like, there's no fans. It's you're having all these cases, so some teams are missing their entire O line for a game. Yeah. Right. Like. It's a weird year regardless. I think there's going to be just the 2020 asterisk. Like, not right. necessarily a true asterisk like we've seen before, but, like, yeah. just the literally 2020 would be the asterisk, little little super strip 2020. Yeah. Well, like, I, I don't think it's going to be one of those they're going to take a championship away by any means. No, 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 no. But, it, but it's going to be it's going to be one that's going to be looked they, at. Do they value it the same? No, I don't think they will. The Dodgers do. <laughs> For sure. But I think, I think every other MLB team is going to be like, well – you had a shortened season. Yeah. See if you can see if, if if they go and repeat again, I think they take that asterisk off them. I think is what it is, right? So yeah. if they if they go out and if win, they win if they don't win next year, they win the year after. Then I yeah. still think they take the asterisk off. Like yeah, if they for play sure. really good next year, they don't win the championship, but they win twenty twenty. But they, but they have to win in a full season in the next with with all the regular everything, and and if they do that, then I think they're like okay, you know what? Let's look back at this. They were actually the best team. You know, yeah. they did everything they could. And they won it regularly in the next couple of years, no problem. They, that championship is fully deserved, and I think that 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 will change it. I think. Fair enough. I, I get what you're saying. I actually like that. I, I like that, and I think we got to keep an eye on that for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, can we give credit to the Rays for getting as far as they did? Like that team, as we mentioned, was a was is, is an analytic team. They're not 
They're not made up of superstars, but man, that team came together and they looked damn good all year. First in the AL, second best team in the MLB. This was one versus two from the regular season. That was a, that was actually a fun series to watch. I watched all but one game of that series. That was a fun series to watch. Yeah. A hundred percent. It was, it was interesting. It was back and forth. Obviously you had the, the, the superstar in the making potentially in Rosarena come out and, and, and really showed who he was. And I, I think, I think the Rays could get there again. I think they need to, to shore up a couple pieces. Um, I think they need to get a couple more, you know, competent bats to really help out their team. Yeah. Um, I think there were one or two bats short. And then maybe, maybe add another starting pitcher, right? Cause they, I was uh, thinking starting pitcher for sure. And then one or two bats is what they're yeah. looking for. And then, then honestly, kind of their bullpen let them down. So if they can add one or maybe, a, maybe a piece in the bullpen too, you know, add three or four total pieces. And I think, I think they're right back there. And I think they potentially could swing that to, to them winning potentially with those pieces. So yeah, no, I agree. I think right now they could make it again, but I, I don't, I'd be hesitant to say they would win it again or win it. In, in general, I guess. With it for the first time? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think they could get there, but a couple more pieces, and we're potentially talking about, you know, favorites potentially. So, yeah. They're, they're, I like a couple pieces on that team. Like, Arena broke out in the playoffs, but that guy was still batting 280 in the regular season. Like, he wasn't he wasn't a scrub. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Lau is someone that I, I think people need to keep an eye on. His defensive ability is right up there. Mm-hmm. And when, he, when he's at, on it at the plate, he is a super dangerous player. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's keep our keep our MLB topic going, though. I want to talk about options, and there's a lot of players who ain't getting picked up this year. And I want to. Brad Hand is a big name that was obviously uh, not picked up. Yep. And former Jay Roberto Osuna was also not picked up. Were there any names that really jumped off the page? You can include one of those two if, as well if you want. But any names to, that really jumped off the page for you? To be honest, Brad Hand was the, probably the most most one that surprised me. Um, obviously, all star relief pitcher, a great closer in the league, and all of a sudden it's it's a ten million dollar option. They don't want to pay it, and it's it's a little confusing to me but then again I, I look at what team he's on and it's cleveland and they're just trying to cut costs yeah. um they have so they have some rookie guys coming up that eventually could replace him um but it, but it was it was surprising to me now so with him being on the market that's that's huge it, it adds you know a closing piece to go along with hendrix as a free agent that now two of those two guys are going to get paid and i think they're going to get paid a lot more than like the 10 million dollar option that uh, they could have picked up so yeah, and then you throw uh, a pseudo in there. That's three closers. That's three high leverage closers that you can easily pick up on a team right now. Yeah, I think I think people are going to be hesitant with Osuna. Um, I, I agree, but he's still he's still a good player, and someone's going to pick him up. Yeah, for sure. It's just I don't think he's going to get paid. I don't think uh, no, with, with his arm enough. injury, I don't think that's going to be the be a thing. Obviously, he opted away from taking Tommy John surgery, so um, decided to rehab it instead. So we'll see how that holds up. Yeah, um, I'd be interested to see that. Uh, see, see the medical um, inspections on that and, and what teams think of it. Um, and I, I think he's going to have to settle for potentially a, a, a mid-level salary with a, uh, a bounce back or incentive opportunities. So yeah. um, I guess the other names were uh, Edwin was there, but I don't really think that's too surprising because Chicago is trying to go younger. 
So that's more uh, just a name because we're Toronto fans, is what you're saying? Pretty much. Um, <laughs> Carlos Santana as well for Cleveland, but I'm not overly surprised about that because he had a terrible year after breaking out last year. Yeah. Um, John Lester, but apparently he wants to re-up with the Cubs, just Cubs didn't want to pay him like $26 million. So Yeah. Which I understand about that one. Um, that's pretty much it that I, I can think of that would be at least bigger, bigger names, I guess. Yeah. Well, I saw Hector Neris, the relief pitcher from Philly. That one, that one surprised me a little because mm-hmm. um, he had a, he had a half decent year last year. Uh, Zanino's contract wasn't picked up by the Rays, and neither was Charlie Morton. Right. Oh, yeah, Charlie Morton. You forgot. I, I know you said Charlie Morton before. So yeah. Um, Kluber was also not picked up by Texas. Darren O'Day. His contract was not picked up by the Braves. Zach Britton did get picked up. He was one of the few guys that actually has been picked up. I think Zach Britton was a player option, if I'm not. Was it a player? No, it says New York exercise. So. Oh, okay. Oh, for 2022. Doesn't even matter. Never mind. That's a different year. I don't know, I don't know why it's on this list. I don't know. Doesn't really make sense. Um, and you mentioned Colton Wong, right? Yeah. I, I didn't mention it here, but I mentioned it when we were talking. Before. Yeah, Wong is one that was a surprise to me because he he has shown flashes of being like elite second base. Flashes, though. That's the problem. He's a very good second baseman on most days, but mm-hmm. someday, sometimes he has shown flashes of being absolutely elite. Right. So the fact that they didn't pick him up at 12.5, I wonder what went into that decision. Either he's planning on signing back and they just didn't want to pay him the 12.5, Yep. Because they want to just extend him for whatever. Or something else is going on in that conversation that's some that that's not right. So I'm interested to see what comes out of that. That was a couple days ago. Um there's another one that I just saw. Oh, Starling Marte also uh, he exercised his uh, option with Miami or Miami exercised his option for next year. Yeah, um, and, and that, that was kind of a, a smart play by them for sure. Yeah, uh, picking him up in at, at the trade deadline. So yeah. And it's 12.5 for 2021 for a guy who's batted 295 and 281 in that outfield. But I think his big, his big thing that he brings to that team is defense. Like he's, he's a gem in the outfield. So the only thing for Colton Wong is Colton Wong was also replaced this year by Tommy Edmond. Right. So Tommy Edmond is now the starter. But Wong also played outfield, didn't he, for them? Um, Yeah, but they're kind of set there right now. Um, obviously they have O'Neill, Bader, Carlson, yeah, yes, like true. that kind of stuff, right? So, so for bringing Colton Wong back at twelve million dollars, twelve and a half million dollars, it's a very expensive backup. So, yeah, um, I, I think there's obviously going to be uh, cheaper options out there for his replacement, and, and I think I think he will get a chance to go start somewhere potentially. Um, will he be anywhere big? Probably not, but. Um, we'll see. It all, all comes down to money. It, calls, yeah. uh, it all comes down to how much he actually wants it in free agency. And then um, to touch on the Morton one, that one kind of surprised me because Morton pitched well in the playoffs. Yeah, he, um, he he pitched well overall. There could be other conversations going on, right? These are just the options being declined, right? Yeah. We can't we can't say that these guys won't be back on the same team. We're just yeah, like for for me, Morton. I think they declined. It was a fifteen million dollar option, which Paying a top-end starter $15 million is not that much money. You put that into perspective, the Jays are paying Tanner Rourke $10 million to do nothing. 
hold on. To be fair, Rourke pitched well in that game and then got pulled. All right, I'm no, never mind. That's Shoemaker. I'm not, I'm not paying attention apparently. Continue. I don't need to continue. $10 million for Tanner Rourke, 15 for Charlie Morton. Sign me up. Yeah. J.A. Happ was also declined as well at 17. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised about that. He he had a couple good games, but relatively pitched terribly through the regular season. So I don't think he pitched terribly. I just don't think he pitched up to what people expected. At least yeah, I don't not think he was god awful. It was it wasn't worth the contract. Is basically no, what it was. but I I don't think he pitched terribly. Like he wasn't like a fifth guy in the rotation where you you're scared to put him out there, sort of thing. Yeah, I, I don't think they trust him in the playoffs. So no, but I, uh, I, I don't. You, he was never going to be one of their playoff pitchers. He wasn't supposed well, to be one of their playoff pitchers. And that's what I, and that's what I think. I think they're gonna they're gonna replace him with somebody else that they can you know trust more and potentially if they need to use him as swingman, use him as whatever in the playoffs. And I think I think that's what they're looking for is that third their fourth fifth guy in the rotation who, come playoff time, doesn't need to start, just can go into the pen and be a long reliever in games or something. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're looking for. For sure. Um, it'll be interesting over the next few weeks to see who else gets outrighted and no options get picked up or just straight out dropped like Osuna. Like he was just caught. Yep. Basically. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, that'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you were looking for a year round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. You can follow them at canadakickingacademy.com or on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. So, Kyle. Yes. We're going to talk soccer. We're going to go quickly to break, but we will come back with some EPL and Champions League talk right here on Garage Door Sports. We are back. Let's get into the soccer talk, man. I know you had a, you had a busy week starting a new show and everything. But it was also a busy week in the soccer world. It was. Not necessarily EPL per se, but Champions mm-hmm. League week two. Match day two has now come and gone. It has. And Europa as well. But we're going to focus on Champions League uh, in a bit. Let's talk about the EPL first because this conversation won't be as long. But it is interesting. The EPL is not going how people expected this year. It is not. That's for sure. Big surprises near the top of the table. Everton is tied with Liverpool at number one. I wasn't expecting that. I'll be honest with you. When they just uh, had their I first knew... loss this past week, too. So yeah, wasn't it two Liverpool too? Um, I can't remember. I will check on that. Uh, no, it was to Southampton. Southampton, right? Southampton. Southampton's a good team, by the way. Keep an eye on them. They drew Liverpool the week before. That's what it was. With a red card. Um, You also have Wolves and Villa sitting Mm 3-4. Wouldn't have guessed that. I would have guessed Wolves being maybe top seven, maybe top eight. Not not top three, right? That's a big surprise to me. And the biggest surprise of all of them is Leeds United sitting at number eight of teams going up. I was I was gonna say we're not gonna talk about. Them. Oh, don't worry, nah, okay. we're, we're we're getting there. How about teams going down, my friend? And there are three teams that we had in our top five, six that aren't even in the top ten. Nope. 
Chelsea's currently sitting in 11th. Mm-hmm. Arsenal is currently sitting in 12th. And the Red Devils are below both of them sitting in 15th. Now, it's early. United also has an extra game. So if they win the extra game, they move ahead of Chelsea and Arsenal. That's correct. So, I mean, can't make can't make too much out of the beginning of the season. I know that. But what we've seen this season is a lot of the EPL teams that we were not really expecting a whole lot from put together squads. Yep. They didn't put together elite squads. They put together squads. And they're managed well, and they're playing above what everyone expected, but maybe not above what they expected necessarily. Right. Right? Like You look at Leeds United is a perfect example. This team has built a squad over the last few years to be competitive at every level. Mm-hmm. And now they're coming into their first season in the EPL in a long time. And what did they do? They went and picked up pieces that complement the style, complement the squad. Not looking for the big name. They didn't go out and get Hamish Rodriguez like Everton. Mm-hmm. They didn't go out looking for a Van de Beek like United or a Sancho for United who never ended up coming, right? They weren't looking for big names. That was never going to be their play. Yeah. Their play was to build a squad that could compete and stay in the EPL. Instead, what they did is they built on their championship winning squad from last year. And it shows. It's beautiful to watch. They're fun to watch. In, in, in a way, it reminds me of like Leicester with, the, with their surprise season when they had it. Yeah. They, they didn't have any huge names. They had, you know, they had a good squad together and all that kind of stuff. And they surprised the EPL with how well they did. Yeah. Right. Obviously, I ended up winning the actual championship. Right. So it's, you know, I don't know if Leeds is on necessarily that level right now, but but I think they're surprising a lot of teams with how compact that team is, how well they play together, and and a lot a lot of counterattacks really is what they, what they're doing. So. Yeah. No, I I agree with you, and I think it it shows when you when you have a team that is so well put together. It it changes the entire match. Right, like you're you're not seeing big holes coming up. You're not like, I'll be honest. United is not a well put together squad right now. Right, there are holes every match, and it shows. You can see it. Mm-hmm. Harry Maguire's pulling down his own player in the box for for a goal. Like you can't. That can't happen yeah. at the EPL level. It's not. It's not good enough. No. But you look at teams like Leeds, and like I'm gonna pull up the stats for Everton. Other than DCL Dominic Calvert Lewin, right? All of no one has more than three goals on their team. No yeah. one. They only have four, five goal scorers right now. <laughs> That's because DCL has seven. Right. He's your striker. He's supposed to have more than everybody else. But then you bring in a guy like Hamish Rodriguez, who complements the style that Everton wanted to play. For sure. And he was not given a chance at Real. He was not given a chance at Bayern. He's being given a chance at Everton, and he is taking the opportunity right now. He is, he leads the team in assists. He's second in goals. He's a good player. He's showing what everybody thought he was out of the World Cup, right? Where Maybe not what everyone – everyone thought he was like well, the next Ronaldo and Messi. I don't yeah. think he's showing that, but he's showing but that he's good. He's showing his talent is what he yes. really is showing. And and his, ever since, you know, his, his I guess his coming out party was the World Cup, and there was – it was was a World Cup or Euro? I can't remember which one it was. World Cup. He's Colombian. Was it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, 
and, and ever since ever since then he's obviously he's kind of floundered in certain situations where as you said he never got a chance and now that he's actually getting his first chance everybody's like oh this guy actually can play okay yeah so no, I, I'm, I'm interested to see you know after this season does somebody uh, i guess a bigger name than everton give him a chance that's a good question i think that's something that we have to keep an eye on um, right so it's 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 one of those you know and the, the other thing is if because he's having success in everton does he want to leave that's the biggest question yeah that's the other one like it, will he want to leave because this is the first time he's really been given the chance right you're not getting people to bite on your contract obviously we, he hasn't had anyone bite on his contract the last few years he was loaned to Bayern. Mm-hmm from real after not being able to play at real yeah and to be fair it's not necessarily his fault why he wasn't being played at those spots a lot of it came down to the year that they brought him in they also brought in another bigger name who was already established like i think they brought bale into real the same year that he came in and they played the same same, year or around the same time and obviously they play the same position right Mm -hmm. so yeah obviously there's going to be a problem he's not going to get his time if you have a player at Bale's level who was elite at the time, and I still think has the potential to be elite. He's not, he hasn't been able to show it the last couple seasons, but he has the potential to be elite. For sure. And then he goes to Bayern and then they bring in Nabry right away. Uh, <laughs> it was like, really? Like, you're just not even going to give him a chance. Like, what's, yeah. what's the point of bringing him in then? So to see that he's now having some success, I'm actually excited. I think it's a good thing for the game, honestly. Well, I think now that he has a manager who's willing to play him those minutes, and I, I think the managers, I think they mismanaged him previously. And I think, you know, when you have a player of his talent level, you have to find a way to get him minutes. And, yeah. and they, they just weren't willing to do that. So I think that's where, you know, he kind of faltered. It's not his fault, but no. that's where his downfall was. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. And it's just nice to see. Um, in regards to the rest of the table, I don't think there's a whole lot outside of those teams that really surprises us. Crystal Palace has looked very good this year, by the way. I know they've struggled in their last two matches, picking up two losses, but they have looked good this year. And I think the big teams need to keep an eye on that match when they play Crystal because they can surprise you. Like United saw that a very hard way earlier this year. Yeah, uh, they can surprise you. They have the goal. They have some goal scoring ability. Um, bottom of the table is exactly what I thought. Burnley, Sheffield, I th- I th- Fulham. I think the most surprising thing is, is right now is Tottenham and the fact that it's not Harry Kane who's leading them to wins. It is Son that is winning for leading the wins with, with eight current with eight goals leading the entire league. Uh yeah, but Harry Kane also has a record for the through the first five games for a number of assists. Yeah, he has eight assists. I think I think Son is very very lucky that Kane is playing the way he is because he's he's benefiting from all those goal opportunities that Kane for sure. And it's it's one of those give and take. Yeah, a hundred percent. But it's one of those I I was not expecting Son to be up there leading at least. He's he's a goal scorer. He's not he's not a great. I wouldn't say he's an elite striker, but he is a very very good goal scorer and he's a poacher too. That's a lot of that's something that a lot of teams don't have anymore. Yeah. He's a true goal poacher. The guy who he's just watching the play, sort of seeing where things are going, and he always ends up in the right spot. Son right. has always been that way for me. And now I think he's benefiting from the fact that people are focusing on Kane, so they're not worried about him. They're also focusing on Bale. 
when mm -hmm. he's on the pitch, right? So you're getting the opportunity to kind of just like sneak into these spots and he's getting found by Kane. That's the biggest thing. When you're finding your striker, the strikers are supposed to score. Yeah. Well, They're no, supposed to put the ball in the back of the net. Unfortunately, if they forgot how to put the ball in the back of the net when I needed them in, in Europa, but that's a whole different story. So Yeah, that's uh, – I mean, the English squads are uh, interesting when it comes to the European Champions League and Europa League. So why don't we, why don't we jump over to that uh, mm -hmm. now since we're talking about it. Champions League day two – match day two is already complete. Mm -hmm. And match day two – saw all four English squads win and win comfortably. Now, they weren't really playing anyone difficult. Yes. <laughs> Except for United. I will well, say United. Yeah. United actually had the toughest match. And won by the most. And won by the most goals. Yeah. That was an absolute clinic put on by Rashford after he came on. Absolutely. Absolute clinic. Now, where the hell is that in the English League? United know. looks like a completely different team in Europe right now. I don't understand. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure if they play up to competition or or what happened. I don't know. To be they, honest. Match day one, they beat PSG. Yeah. And we're sitting 15th in the league. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, how does how does that make sense? It doesn't. It, 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 it doesn't. can't make sense. Like, uh, like unless the players are are somehow evaluating the Champions League more than the actual EPL right now. Which the players or the see. manager. That's the other option. Like, does, does Solskjaer or... just get them up for Champions League games? Like, hey, boys, I'm like, sure. this one means something. Yeah, like, maybe they see Man City and Liverpool like, nah, I'm good. We're not going to win it. Let's just go win Champions League instead. Because they want to – the problem is they want to be in Champions League again next year. Yeah. You can't do that for 15th in the table. <laughs> do, do you stay in it if you win? Yes. You guaranteed okay. a spot, which means one one of the guaranteed spots from your country gets dropped. So maybe that's what they're going for. <laughs> maybe they're yeah, like, that's okay, what well. they have to be at this yeah. point. Because <laughs> they ain't making a Champions League spot at this rate. Like yeah. they can't play well, in they can't play in England and then all of a sudden they're going they're going to Europe and dominating. Well, I honestly I'd I'd be interested to see like who actually would come out of that. Um, because it's top top three, correct? Top no, four. top four. Top so it'd be four. Everton, Liverpool, Wolves, and Austin Villa currently. Yeah, I know it's it's still early but, though. I'm not I'm not expecting. I, I, I'm just four. Yeah, but I'm just thinking like I don't think anybody would have ever thought like that those four would be like no. Liverpool. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, Wolves. I had I had Wolves and Everton maybe fighting for a Europa spot. Yeah, not Champions League. I I didn't have either of them going close to champs. Yeah. But you look at it, the English squads are seven wins and one draw through the first eight, through their first eight matches across the two days in Champions League. Jeez. And that's against some pretty good competition. Like the only draw was Chelsea against Sevilla. Yeah. Sevilla is a good, a good Europa, Europa Championship team. They play well in these European competitions. Yeah. City has beaten Porto and Marseille. They're not scrubs. They're not elite teams, but they're not scrubs. Yeah. And Liverpool beat Ajax and Michelin. You can't, you can't have all big competitions. 
<laughs> but the Ajax team is good, and they won 1-0. And then United beat PSG and Leipzig. Ironically, United has had the toughest matchups. Yeah, and, and realistically, they if playing Istanbul next, they, they should realistically yeah. have <laughs> three. <laughs> don't say anything now. Come on. that's the, Don't jinx it. But, yeah, it's it's interesting to see how these – I think based off of that, the English squads are the only ones who have not lost a match in Champions League yet. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to think. Well, yeah, you look, you look at it comparatively, right? And, you know, Juventus, Barca, Real, all that kind of stuff. Like, Real has looked god-awful. Yeah, they have. They, they, they really are 0-1-1 one one through two games. Yeah. They're, they're not looking good. The Spanish sides are just not looking good in general. Like, Sevilla got the draw in match day one. Atletico got absolutely dummied, dummied by Bayern. Yep. And Barcelona had no chance, no competition in match day one, really. But then Bar- you look at the second yeah. day, Atletico won 3-2 against Red Bull Salzburg. Real drew Mucin Gladbach. Yeah. Right? Sevilla beat Rennes. And... Barca, Barca did look good against Juventus. I will say that they they won two 0 That's also Juventus. That's also Juventus without Ronaldo too. So right, and which, I know which could have played a factor and ended up getting a red card. I believe in the seventy fifth minute or something like that. Yeah. So um, that uh, the boys on touchline thoughts. Well, the man on touchline thoughts, Irfan, <laughs> is having uh, a guest on this week to talk about Juventus and Barca, and a whole bunch of interesting stuff coming for that. Your eyes just popped. What did you just read? I was just reading the game stats from that game. Juventus didn't have a shot on net. Yeah. Ten shots, zero on target. Yeah, that happens. That's, But that's just... It, it was astounding to me, like the fact that Juventus is who they are. Also, they did have technically three goals taken away, but we're not going to talk about that. Um... They had three goals taken away from, uh, I believe it was Morata who scored three. So and, I didn't know that. Yeah. What are you talking about? I clearly didn't pay enough attention. Oh, you didn't watch that? I didn't watch the game, no. Yeah, they had three games. The three goals overturned based on offsides and VAR. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. which, which I guess because it got overturned, don't count as a shot on net. Which no, they don't because the play the play doesn't happen. Yeah, so that that makes that makes more sense now, but. Um, yeah, so Barca played well, didn't play as well as people think because they got lucky in a way, but yeah, but I mean, you look um, at, you look at some of the other stats is they're, they're pretty telling when you have four corners to one. Yeah. That's, that's a huge thing. They also completed almost 200 more passes than Juventus did. Well, you know, also they had 59% possession, yeah, 59% possession. I'm reading um, 52 the Barca United? Barca Juventus game? Oh, sorry, Barca, yeah. I have 59 to 41. I have 52 to 48 on the huh. champion, on the UEFA site. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. Either way. But Juventus, Juventus, the big thing was they had five yellow cards. Like when you're yeah. getting that many yellow cards in a match, either you're super frustrated or you're just not playing well and making stupid tackles. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's usually what it comes down to. Barca had one. 
There's yeah. your telling stat right there. It's it's yeah. fun to watch these kind of games though. Like the big name games are the ones that we everyone gets up for. Everyone wants to see them happen. Mm-hmm. And this time it was just Barca was better. Barca was the better squad. Yes, you can say Juventus had three goals taken away. Fine. How does that change the match though? Does Barca then go add another one? Right. You do, you don't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, it also sucked not having Ronaldo. That, that's For obviously sure. going to play a big impact. That was the big story going into it. Coming out of it, it was that Juventus, they showed up but couldn't put couldn't put an actual goal in the net. Couldn't finish. Is, so is there any is there any games, obviously, with the results that happened, that, that kind of surprised you with how they ended up? That surprised me? I mean, the Real Munchen-Gladbach one was, was a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did think Real was going to pull that one out. Lazio tying Club Rouge was the other one that really caught my eye on match day two because um, they drew. And Lazio has been looking really, really good at times this year. And I thought that they were going to they were going to have no real problems with their group. Unfortunately, drawing drawing a team like Club Rouge is not that's not going to help. Um, and they have to, they still have to play. I think they still have to play Dortmund, don't they? I know they already played Dortmund. So they still have to play Zenit St. Petersburg on match day three. Right. Which I think is a winnable game. They beat Dortmund 3-1, right, on match day one. Let's not forget yeah. that. This is a good team. So when I saw them tie Bruges, I'm just like, that, that didn't seem right in my head. What about you? Any Any ones that jumped out at you? Um, the biggest for me, I think, is the fact that Inter Milan cannot get it done. They they can't they can't get over the hump of the draw. <laughs> they, they they seem to love. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Munchen block, right? They they tied Munchen two, two. Gladbach. Same difference. Come on, get um, it together, Kyle. Right? They, they they drew twice, or so they drew two two in the first first championship day. And then second game, second game they draw Shakhtar. They they drew him again. Yeah. And it's just the fact that realistically, if you look at that group, they probably should be better than third right now, tied with two points. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that was kind of surprising to me. It doesn't surprise me based on how I've been betting and how they've screwed me multiple times. <laughs> but um, I think it, I think it's telling though of interseason. Yeah. Right, like you look at the you look at the Italian league. Inter sitting in fifth right now. Yeah. Right. Ironically, Juventus is sixth. And again, looking at the tables, it's sort of tough because it is so early in the season, and these teams are a lot of the top teams are worried about all the extra games that they're playing in Champions League right now and Europa League and trying to get their squads figured out for all the big players that they brought in. So I get it. Like it's not going to be this way for the season but i mentioned lazio they're sitting in 12th in the italian league right now yeah that's that's not good wait where, where did you say you had inter and juventus in the table yeah i have inter sitting at 10th inter's or 5th 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 inter's at four and juventus is at five right now Oh, are they including the Atalanta? Where is Atalanta on your table? Sixth. 
Okay, so my, the table I'm looking at because Atalanta's winning right now has okay, them moved so, up to second. So Sampdoria, Atalanta, and Juventus are all tied with nine points. Yeah. And then Inter Milan has sense. 10, so they're to four. Okay, that makes sense. I'm looking, I was looking because they, they updated the standings d- despite the fact that Atalanta's playing right now. Interesting. It's stupid. Interesting. Stupid Google tables thing. <laughs> um, it's still it's still fun to see how these teams play, and I, I'm going to keep an eye. Obviously, I'm keeping an eye on United for my own personal benefit. Yep. Is there a team in the Champions League this year that you're really watching outside of Chelsea to do well, or what, what do you mean? Just a team that you're interested in seeing how far they can get. Maybe not necessarily like a Bayern, who everyone expects to go really far, or a Liverpool or City, who people expect to go far, because we we expect those teams to do well. Yeah. I'm talking maybe like another and the second tier team that you think might surprise people. Um, hmm. <laughs> I know these are big questions we're throwing your way. I, I think I think I, the team I, I like and I think the team that will do well I think is actually in Chelsea's division. I think it's I think it's Sevilla. I think um, they have the opportunity to potentially surprise some teams. Um, obviously, with them drawing Chelsea. Um, it, it kind of goes on with that aspect, but I, I think there's, they can definitely surprise some teams and, and they're one that I find interesting. Um, I'm also interested in, in, in Lazio as well, as you were saying that they've been a, a strong team this year. Um, maybe not necessarily in the standings in their own division, yeah, but they've but, looked good, but they've looked good. So um, it, it's two teams that apparently show up well when it's needed. So um, it's interesting to see how those go. Okay, my team to watch this season, and it actually comes off of Irfan sent me a ton of notes. Mm-hmm. I showed Kyle ton of notes. The best game for match day two this week was the Ajax Atalanta game. Keep an eye on Atalanta. They are they are a team that I think can go very far in this tournament. They play well as a team. They looked really good against Ajax. I know they drew. It was a 2-2 match. I do think Ajax is a good team as well, so that's why mm-hmm. I'm not too concerned about it. Right. Keep an eye out on, on Atalanta. I think they play Liverpool next. They do. Yeah. Right? That will be a fun game. That that will tell a lot about how, how Atalanta looks moving forward. Keep an eye on them for the rest of the season. If you want to hear more footy talk, make sure you check out our Touchline Thoughts podcast hosted by Irfan, who, again, is not here. He's dealing with a family emergency this weekend. Take a look at that. He has a plethora of guests on his show. He's had five different guests in six weeks, which is awesome. Impressive. Uh, Cool cool segment as well. If you really want to hear tactics-wise, take a look at his episode with Kieran Doyle Davis. He's our resident coach great segment on some different uh, formations and tactics that you might want to use if you are a coach but this week they're going to be talking Juventus they're going to be talking Barca they're going to be talking Champions League with his guest who I I think I know who it is but I'm not going to spoil it take a look keep an eye out on that it's going to be a lot of fun make sure you check out all the shows on our network or obviously this week we launched a new show Kyle Kyle launched a new show I should say (laughs) <laughs> with the help of some great uh, co-hosts and a, uh, an amazing producer who yep. absolutely flying with stuff. It's awesome seeing Jake do that. Yeah, he's um, been killing it for us so far. He's so. been killing it. 
you want to check out their first show, it's the Betting House Pod. I should just say Betting House Pod on yeah. Twitter and Instagram. And mm-hmm. you can check them out on SoundCloud, Spotify. I believe it's up on Apple now. I, sh- I have to check that. And Google Podcasts as well, if that's yeah. what you listen to it on. On, on Spotify specifically, um, look up the actual episode name. Um, when you look up the, the podcast name, there's a long list of things in between. Um, look it up specifically betting house podcast. I think it comes up first. For, for me, it didn't yesterday. So um, I actually looked up the episode name, which is uh, op- opening our doors. So um, that's a little bit better way of finding the, at least the first episode. And yeah, we'll go from and there. then follow, and then you don't have to look for it again. Exactly. <laughs> It makes it a lot easier. <laughs> Again, you can also follow them on uh, Twitter and Instagram because they, they're posting all the time. Check it to see how their bets went. Check in tomorrow Check on, on Monday. Sunday. <laughs> on Sunday, we will be, I'm pretty sure we'll be having some live tweets go out and that kind That's of stuff. That's true. So, I forgot about that. Um, uh, the four of us, the, all the co-hosts will be all together to watch the football games. Oh no! So oh, no. we'll see how this goes. So many degenerate bets will be tomorrow. Oh, there will goodness. lots of prop bets, lots of prop bets. We'll see how that goes. So um, yeah, stay stay tuned to see how each each co-host does with their uh, their picks. Um, final thoughts, Kyle. Wrap us up. Um, it's kind of a lull right now with sports. Uh, yes, we have, we have Champions League and stuff going on, EPL. Um, we have football, but you know, don't forget MLS. Hockey, don't forget MLS. Okay? MLS as well. Um, but the sports that I watch are not on right now, so it's it's. I don't really watch a whole lot of soccer, to be honest. I watch some. No, but you watch not football a and you, well, I mean, football, you football, soccer, but there, but there's right? no basketball, there's no hockey, there's no baseball. Yes, yes. It, it's 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 that. So, um, it's a weird, I, it's a weird year. It's it's a, it's a weird because normally that would all be on right now. So it's, well, it's no. Normally, it's, normally baseball would have just ended, which it did. Well, but there's it would just be, be starting NHL NBA. Well, they would have started a month ago, technically. It would have started. Well, NHL uh, would have. NBA might yeah. have just started like a week ago. Yeah. So it, it's one of those. It's an interesting time of the year. Um, I'm hoping that the the COVID cases for all sports stay low, stay away. Me too. Um, but I'm interested to see what the decisions are for the M- M- NBA and the NHL on when they come back and how they're going to come back. That's what I'm interested in, in hearing if we see anything else in the next week or so. So, Yeah, I think it's – the NBA has a December 1st scheduled start date. Well, tentatively scheduled start date, mm-hmm. which means they have to start training camp in the next couple of weeks. Which is a month away. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They got, they got to start training camp in the next week or two yeah. in order to get, A, a 14-day quarantine involved as well. Mm-hmm. if people are coming from all over and then actual training camp. Yep. We still don't know where the Raptors are going to play. We still don't know if it's going to be bubbles or if it's going to be uh, everyone traveling like the MLB and NFL. We have no clue at this mm-hmm. point. So lots to keep an eye on there. That's a that's a good final thought. I like that one. And, ho- and happy Halloween. It is October 31st after all. It is October 31st, yes. Uh, be safe on Halloween, please, people. We It's still COVID. Like, as much as I I don't like Halloween, I don't like dressing up, <laughs> I know how important it is to some people. Please be responsible. If you have children, do a fun trick-or-treat around the house. It's not worth going door-to-door this year, in my opinion. Just be safe. Yep. My final thought 
is going to build off your final thought, actually. Okay. Because there is no sports happening right now, make sure you catch up on all your sports movies. Because I want to do another movie madness bracket yeah. at some point, especially since there's not a whole lot going on. We might do it soon. Yeah. But I was talking to people in my class. There's tons of sports movies that I've seen. Like, I watch a lot of sports movies. And Kyle, you know this. Yeah. I love sports movies, I think they're great. There's some that are god awful, but most of them are pretty good. There are a lot of people in sports who love sports who don't watch many sports movies, and it just blows me away. Like The Legend of Bagger Vance. Have you heard of that one? Yeah. Great movie. Highly recommend you watch that movie if you can. It's Will Smith, Matt Damon. It's a really good movie. Uh, but there's just movies like that that a lot of people haven't seen. So I would recommend going on IMDb or whatever you use to see your rankings. Look up greatest sports movies of all time and go through the list. You got time. There's not a whole lot going on. Unless you're going to start watching Dancing with the Stars and uh, The Masked Singer and stuff like that, which really isn't on my list of things to do. Watch sports movies. They're entertaining. They're fun. And they're sports. As much as we can get right now. It works <laughs> so, out. Yeah. Yeah. That is my final thought. Like Make it. sure you follow us on all of your social media outlets. You can follow Kyle at Kyle Vardy. You can follow myself at Nick McVicker on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you follow the show at Garage Door Sport. Well, actually, it's the network now. Make sure you follow the network at Garage Door Sport on Twitter. Yes, there's no S at the end because Twitter has a handle limit. We missed by one letter. One letter. On, Twi- on Instagram, though, we are at Garage Door Sports because that's a lot easier. <laughs> Make sure you follow us. Make sure you follow all the shows on the network as well. We have our hockey show, 20 Minutes on Ice. We have our football sh- or footy show, uh, Touchline Thoughts, and obviously Kyle and the boys over at The Betting House. Yep. Thank you for tuning in. We will catch you next week. Hopefully, Irfan will be back. Hopefully, the family emergency goes well this weekend and we can see him. Um, but if not, it'll be me and Kyle again, yep. rocking it out like always, as always on a Saturday morning <laughs> so, early. for Kyle Vardy and for Irfan Manji. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.